What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongol Show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. The Hounds took a thumping in Tampa this weekend, but it's not all gloom and doom, or is it? I don't know. We're going to talk about it and figure it out. But first, guys, how's it going? Kev, I'm gonna th- I was going to throw to you, and then you get like a mouthful of food. So, Josh, <laughs> I'll start with you. How's it going, man? Uh, it's not been a great week for soccer for me at least local soccer everton won so that's nice but between the hounds and the crew and yeah it, it was it could have been better but hey gotta see a lot of seal army members that was great hang out at the stadium that felt good seeing that view again uh it was a cold night but it was nice at least it wasn't raining uh saw the starlink satellites uh, above high marks that was kind of cool. oh nice very so very was, nice yeah it's a neat thing um but yeah, yeah, overall, not too shabby. For for those of us, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen your your activity on Twitter about the crew. Um, catch a, I know something's happening with it. For those who aren't in the know, <laughs> catch us up what's happening with the Rip crew. Rip that Band-Aid off, Josh, and tell us what's going on with the crew. The front office decided, hey, let's rebrand for some reason like we had a successful season last season obviously and everything's going great a new stadium it's looking like all is happy save the crew happen it's it's great positivity and then suddenly they're like hey you don't be cool let's uh change the name of the club to columbus sc make up the most boring generic logo (laughs) possible just by having it be the letter c and it's just like okay i guess and it's just all stupid and pointless and if and they had no fan input at all like there there's so much organization between the fan base in columbus save the crew nordeca like it's it's ran perfectly and then like they couldn't even be bothered to be like hey what do you guys think of this before they yeah. did it so it's it sounds like i know there's similar things happening in europe i know juventus and paris kind of changed their logo and apparently a lot of the reasoning behind it is to be more attractive as like streetwear brands to try to be more appealing to like actual apparel for yeah this like the, the streetwear aesthetic and everything um i imagine that's probably why they're doing it i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just, that's just it's, it's interesting that um maybe that's maybe that's a reason yeah it, it's just all stupid and it's it's annoying and it just is so cookie cutter it's beyond parody it's like oh city name sc or fc or united it's like okay cool let's just stamp 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 okay right. next so it's it's so uninspiring and they're like oh we're still gonna call them the crew as a nickname it's like yeah that's that's yeah. not how that works like you can't just pretend like oh it's fine we're calling him the crew still it's like mm, it's not the name of the club though so yeah I mean, after Save the Crew, do you think that the fan base has enough fight in them left to push back on this? I, I mean, it, it's probably, you know, the most organized the, the fan base has ever been. So at this point, like, it's a well-oiled machine. You should see the ratio going on right now on Twitter and, like, how bad this is being perceived and the videos are going up and there's campaigns going already about, like, you know, stop doing this, blah, blah, blah. And it's... Yeah, I mean, if there's any fan base that would fight back against this, it's the fan base that fought to save their club. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, how did you even think this was going to be? Like, <laughs> no no issue at all. It's like, oh, that's fine. They'll they'll roll over. It's like, mm, do you know these these supporters? <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely picked the wrong supporters to tick off because yeah. they've done it before and they know how to do it again. So, yeah, we'll be watching closely. Hopefully, you know, the, the Save the Crew movement can once again save the crew. Um, to tie it back it to the hounds, Zach Steffen, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's own keeper. Uh, <laughs> Born and raised. <laughs> yep, you know, yep. <laughs> River Hound. Till he die. Uh, Do we yeah. still have that weird connection? Like that we're like there? No, no, we don't. Okay. There's no connection between the crew and, and Pittsburgh. But Zach Steffen, he tweeted or he uh, responded on Instagram with the the rebrand, like just commented underneath it. He goes, meh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. It's like, thanks, Zach. <laughs> yeah. So that was one one bit of news, obviously, that's not Riverhounds related. The other one, we got to give a shout out to Pitt men's team who won three nothing today to make their first ever college cup, which is essentially the final four uh, for for college men's soccer, which it still kind of blows my mind. I remember doing a podcast. It was four years ago with John Krasinski, where we were talking about Jay Vidovich being uh, hired as the head coach and the team was like nothing like literally i don't know if they had won a game in the acc and to now go from that to be like the team to beat in just four years is insane um i'm naive so, around this stuff are they in the top division in the ncaa yeah oh wow geez yeah. okay that is really impressive yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. like to go from nothing to like the best that's is cool. uh, in four years in just four years i mean that's that's basically all recruiting. Like that's what that comes down to. The coach comes in, starts bringing in recruits, freshman class up to senior class, and that's it. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So so, cool. so so cool. So congrats to them. Um, Shane White, who is a former Pitt player, they had a the Hounds released a video of him wishing them good luck today from the locker room, um, which was awesome. So um, so yeah, best of luck, Pitt, and you're, you're you're two games away, two wins away from being you know national champions, which is just. It's insane. So no pressure. No, pr <laughs> look. I mean, if there's a team playing without any pressure, I well, mean, the, true, the true. third goal today was scored from midfield. Like literally, just saw the cheek, the keeper was out and just buried it. I think it was in the 80th minute, just to like put that little exclamation point on it. And as like a college squad pulling that off, there's a chip on their shoulder, man. They they, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. So. It's cool to see that go the other way. Instead of having a late goal in the minute B, what there is oh, the three here we zero. Go. Here we you know, go. Not not a bad transition. Oh wait, hold on. Oh wait, my god. What's gosh. going on? All right. <laughs> wait yeah. for it. Red screen up. ESPN. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. Hold on. We gotta wait for this to come back. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. That's I think a, we're back. All right. That's amazing good. production value. That's, that's really impressive. <laughs> a, a, a nice little Easter egg for the yeah, people who watch this on YouTube or any of the other live. <laughs> Uh, guys, so, uh, you know, the first few minutes of this game, first few, it was like the first 30, were pretty much unwatchable for that very reason. ESPN was having streaming issues where you would either have like the red screen of death or you would have the ESPN, sorry, we're trying to fix things, or there was just no audio, which, you know... <laughs> Once we started to hear the announcers, I almost wished we'd go back to no audio. But, you know, Josh, you were saying off air that it that made it basically unwatchable on, like, the big screen at Highmark. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't ESPN's fault because this was also happening on the local broadcast because we were watching the local broadcast in the pub at, uh, in Highmark. Um, so they were also having those, those red screens and it just, like, going to black. So they were having that issue as well. 
Um, and the official feed from the USL is what the, the hounds were trying to put up on the, the scoreboard. And so it wasn't even coming from like uh, the point or from ESPN. It was like the official feed that is before all that. And it was having so many issues and like being s- sporadic that it just wouldn't go up on the Jumbotron. So we end up having to watch it from the pub because the feed was so bad. Uh, I mean, they didn't try after the first half, which is fine. Like, it's like at that point, it's like, all right, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, that sucks, too, because, like, you know, we just announced this deal. Out, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but local broadcasts, like 21 games are going to be on uh, local broadcast. And, like, to have the first game of the season be this, if you're that broad, like, if you're 20 to the point, are you thinking, like, maybe we shouldn't carry these these guys because if the feed's not good people are just going to turn away from the channel when they see a red screen so like that that hurts that hurts everyone involved so they need to like figure out how to actually i don't know be a professional uh league that'd be nice speaking of figuring out how to be professional um the hounds lost three nothing to tampa guys look listen i think that they're there were a lot of people on Twitter after the game, immediately after the game, that that some people assumed that everyone was in a panic. I don't think we're in a panic, um, but I think there are some positive takeaways from this, um, as much as you can get from a three nothing loss. And there's obviously some negative takeaways. So let's start with the positives, right? Um, I'll I'll lead us off, and then I'll I'll circle around to you guys for the takeaways. Yes, we lost three nothing. But I think that one of my positives is that really only one of the goals was sort of, I don't want to say our own fault. That's that's not really right the right way to say it. But it came from sort of run of play off of Dos Santos' head. The second goal was a PK, which I went back and watched that that replay multiple times. This, is, this was the one case I made the joke on Twitter where it was like I almost wish we had VAR because there was only one camera angle and they just kept showing it over and over and over again. But the way that the ball popped out, it almost makes me think that Danny V got a hand on it and knocked it away and then and then Duba just dove. I know you guys are shaking your head no. I'm I'm sticking to it. All right, I'm going to say right. that Danny V punched it. Regardless, well, of it course, was a you needed these excuses when you said we were going to win 3-0. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> I did not. I said we were going to it was going to we were going to tie 3-3. I said that we were going to go down 3 and then we were going to score 3 and so we were going to feel good about a drop. But anyway, that didn't happen. Um so we got scored on from a PK and then the third one was a communication error. And so like, you got to imagine those are going to get cleaned up. It's their first game together. Um, you know, Danny Vidiello stopped another one on none. So that's a positive. Um, I think otherwise he had a relatively solid game. He might've been our most solid player on the night, but this wasn't like, you know, they just cut us open for three goals. Um, I, a lot of people were using the phrase Swiss cheese online. I didn't see Swiss cheese. Um, so if there is a positive to take away from three, nothing, it was, you know, two quasi unconventional goals and one like legit. Okay. They beat the D on that one. So am I wrong? Go ahead, Josh. Uh, I was kind of <laughs> hoping you would t- bite that bullet. Uh, I, okay. So I, I see where you're coming from. I don't think it's gloom and doom. It, 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 first off, it's it's early. It's super early, so it's not exactly a big deal. Um, but 
it wasn't good. I mean, like, there's not much positive I can say about this game, and it's it's it looked like we just didn't know what we were doing out there. And like, I think the the third goal is indicative of all, all of that. You see that, and you're like, guys, communication, like, get on the same page. Like, how can you just let them have it right in front of the goal like that? Like, that's so frustrating. So yeah, I I didn't see much positive honestly, but I'm not gloom and doom. I'm just like, that was a crap game. Let's pretend like that didn't happen. Or, yeah. you know, if you're the team, make sure you figure out what did happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I have a lot of other things I want to say about this game, but Kev, give me, give me something else. Give, give us something else to talk about here. What, give us a positive. Well, I, I can see in the chat. I don't, I don't think I have the, the ability to click on comments, but um, someone said like the first 30 minutes, uh, of play it was pretty unwatchable. Um, yeah, it's Adam Marks. Yeah, um, thanks, Adam. And uh, while I, I like, I, I agree with that sentiment. The thing I was going to lead off with is saying, like, for the first thirty minutes, we weren't bad in the sense that, yeah, it wasn't. We weren't like silky. We weren't stringing passes together. But at least in my view, neither really were they. You know, they had sure they had possession of the ball. They had control of the ball. Um, I mean, in my view that was going to be the run of play for our first game of the season. It's not their first game of the season. They're home. We're away. They're a good team. Um, and, you know, they had a positive I, I was waiting for week. the opposite there. You're like, you know. No, 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 no. They played no. a game. We didn't. They're at home. We're not. They're a good team. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I still think we're, okay. we're a good team. Okay. But, I mean, like, that's – I think we've seen that play out in that way in previous seasons where, you know, you go to a tough away and – First and foremost, you make sure you're, you know, not giving them chance after chance. I mean, I think their first goal was probably Danny Vitiello's first real involvement. Um, so, like, if for 30 minutes, he really didn't see much at all. And when you're going away to a top team, that's that's good. Um, so while we weren't, I think, we weren't silky going forward, especially in the first 30 minutes, we were fine defensively. Um and and then after that, we created some chances. Yes, it, it, we didn't create nearly enough. Um, we were. It felt like we were disjointed in that in that system. I'm sure, and I'm sure, like because I, I remember last season, Bob telling particularly the back line to to press up more when we were in possession to kind of compress the field a bit more and get the likes of Dover and, and in this case Rivera into the play more. But when you have you know, two midfielders in Forbes and Griffin, when we're in possession, they absolutely need the width from Rivera and Dover. And it just, it felt like they weren't there. It was, even when we were in possession, they were, it was in a back five. We weren't holding the ball long enough to allow them to get in the midfield and then provide support and possession. And so it felt like every time we were getting the ball, it was just, all right, let's try to get it to the front three as fast as possible and, and let them figure it out. And that, that wasn't working. Um, and it felt like it almost never clicked throughout the entire game too. I was waiting for it to happen and it never really did. But even in spite of that, I mean, I think Williamson, I forget at what moment, but he has a chance where he probably should score. It's, I think it's off a cross. He, he, gets in, he gets a foot in front of one of the defenders and he just puts it wide. And um, if that goes in, you know, momentum swings could be a different game. So I think that was, my, my general outlook on it was for, for a team that we expect to be challenging for the top in our division, um, and in our conference, that was about 
as like as bad as you could play and still have it be somewhat acceptable i would say like you know if if that if if we weren't expecting us to be challenging for the top then i'd be like you know what whatever routine law like that's going to happen kind of thing um anything much worse than that display i'd be a little hesitant around but i i think you know three nil slightly hides i think the run of play you know the majority of the game was one nil we had some chances you know they're a tough team um so it's not great and we didn't we didn't we didn't play well um but i don't think it was car crash disastrous where we need to you know have a hard look in the mirror i agree with that 100 i think my thing is is that i'm not even convinced that we didn't play well. Uh, to me, it almost felt like we got the formation wrong. Like when 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 we basically have a five-two-three, right? That's essentially what we were in for most of the time, Kev. You said you know Dover and Revere are sort of holding back the whole time. You're asking Danny Griffin and Kenny Forbes to be the outlet pass for the defense and start the play for the offense, and like that's yeah. not going to happen. And so you need some, you need a holding midfielder that's in there that's in front of the D that can collect the ball, turn, and play it forward to a Danny, to a Kenny. I mean, I slightly disagree. I, th I think you can still get away with it if you have midfield support from Rivera and Dover, and both of them have the ability to do it. I mean, Dover has attacking ability, so does Rivera. Um, it just felt like they never got in the midfield. And, and from that, I mean, I have enough confidence in both Forbes and Griffin to pick the ball up on the, on the turn and, you know, make transition happen. Um, but it just felt like, yeah, they were, they were too much on an Island. You know, when we were defending and they were in possession, you know, the front three was fairly structured. They had this, you know, flat three where you could see, you know, usually Williamson was on one and, um, Cicerone, Cicerone was on one on the yeah. and Dixon up the middle where they stayed a little bit wider and kind of invited these passing lanes on either side of Dixon with with the idea that both Griffin and Forbes would immediately close down, so you kind of had this like W shape in in like the, the the front half of defense, but it just it ended up like this Griffin and Forbes was shuttling, just you know going like in the first half, and I was like, they're gonna get blown out, and yep. yeah, it was it felt like there was I think that was my most frustrating thing is in a preseason that that what went apparently you know pretty well in a preseason where. You know, Bob focused a lot more on, you know, getting our tactics right with the players that we have now, not for, you know, waiting for players that might come in. It still felt like, and maybe this is too harsh because it is still the first game, but, you know, yeah, it, it felt like we still had more to do on shape and getting getting the players to understand their roles. I mean, I think that my biggest concern is I still don't know – what these guys are like some of them i think i have a better idea but the fact that you know halfway through the second half we completely changed formation which i think suited us much better we went from basically that five two three to sort of a four two three one where you had danny griffin and uh velarde and uh yeah louis up like basically as the attacking mids and then you brought in Todd Wharton and have Kenny as your holding. I felt like we had a, we did a much better job of sort of keeping the ball. Then it was still chaos because at that point we're down two nothing and we're trying to scramble to get something. But um, 
but when you're making sort of wholesale changes with some of these players and you know they can all sort of be impact players, I don't feel like we've seen enough of any of them to really be able to say, like, that guy needs to be starting every single game. Outside of what we know from the guys last season, nobody really made that impact. The closest one to me was Todd Wharton because I felt that um, he stepped right in as sort of a holding mid um there were a couple of smart passes that he made and he also didn't back down from Duba I felt like a lot of our guys were sort of letting Duba have their way and Todd Wharton wasn't in very long and he just he dropped them and it was just like you're not you're not going to do this to me and so I would love to see Todd Wharton start as like a holding mid but again what's our are we are we a five two three team or are we a four two three one are we going to change every single week and then we don't know like it's just I don't know if this team this team has so many good pieces that I don't know if we're ever going to settle into settle into a starting eleven that like are going to be comfortable with each other week in and week out. I think Williamson might have been a pretty bright spot, like seeing what he was able to do, um, the chance he had, and also what was it the the kicker outside the box? Yeah, um, was also pretty good. That set piece, yeah, yeah, that set piece right there. So I mean, like, I wasn't like, oh man. These new players are wolf. Like I didn't think anyone looked terrible. Um, I, I do want to say that I, I I guess that I'd be cursing Duba uh, after playing against him. And sure enough, that PK, it's like Duba <laughs> knew it's gonna be. I knew that's what's gonna happen. Gonna get what, us- did, what, what did you think when he didn't celebrate? I I thought that was actually class. Like I, I was like, wow, I'm really surprised. Like that that. Any player who can actually have like the control not to do that, like because once you score, like you are like, feels great. Yeah, like I, I don't expect any player to like in the moment remember like, oh, that's kind of you know like oh, I just played for them and blah blah. It's like oh, okay, that's I was impressed with the fact that he was able to like you know suppress that, but it didn't matter. It wasn't I'm like oh it's okay now. It's like no, it still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the way the rest of the team kept celebrating and just the showboating and all of that, you know. That's oh, what... stop it. If it was us, you'd love it. No, no, like... Hold on a second. I mean, the fact that, like, after the game was over, like, the Tampa Twitter, like, the, the, the team's Twitter was, like, taking shots at us. Like, come on. Like, have yeah, a little bit of class. No, no, I'm fine with all that. I, I'm, <sighs> I have no qualms with any of that. Again, like, it wasn't even him scoring against us. That was, like... That sucks. Like, you know, it was it was us getting a PK from Duba. <laughs> like him drawing a PK from yeah. us. I was like, I freaking knew that was gonna bite us in the ass. <laughs> like, I, like I was like, this is what I loved about him, that he could always get that draw that foul. And I knew he was gonna draw a foul against us. And I was gonna be so upset about it. Ugh. I think I think it was Justin in our Slack that pointed out. Um, remember where Duba was playing as our like holding midfielder towards the end of last season? Like he just <laughs> wouldn't stay up the field. <laughs> where was that last year? Man? Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what uh, what other players? You know, wh- what else sort of surprised you, or you were you that you saw that gives you reason to be optimistic going into next week or you hope that you see more of come next week. I'm not convinced on, on Dixon right now. Like that's the opposite of what you asked. I'm aware, but uh, <laughs> pulling to Kevin here, like, I don't know. Like I, I was kind of surprised by that. And, and like the, the three subs all in a row. And like the fourth one was like 
five or seven minutes later. That's like it felt like a, a hockey change. I was like, okay, like is this like preseason where at halftime we just like completely switch out the the crew and like okay, these guys try now. So it, it was like four subs all in a row. It's like okay, everyone, new squad, go out and see what you can do. Which after that happens when they scored two more times with the one terrible goal um, in the PK. So I don't know. Like I, I just wasn't satisfied by like sixty minute on. I was just like, okay, this this feels silly now. But yeah, I mean that 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 sort of gets to my point of like, I think we do have a lot of depth, but now Lily's challenge is going to be how do you get all these guys on the field? And it might just be like you know complete formation, whole line changes like that, and that's just what we're going to see. So yeah, I don't know. I thought I I was convinced. Um... You know, I wanted to see an like a, a step up and an evolution from Danny Griffin, and I thought I saw moments of that. I think it it takes a lot of maturity to, I mean, well and truly be a two man midfield. Like it's 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 not like you're two central midfielders and a four four two with two wingers or two wide midfielders on on either side of you. It was two people in midfield, and one of them, let's be honest, doesn't really want to run that much. And so the fact that you, you know, the fact that I, I think there's a lot of small positional things and just pressing at the right time and, yeah, kind of being, being around to be counted on, um, I thought was, was positive um, from, from him. So I thought that was nice. Um, I mean, I, I, saw, I, thought, I saw moments of uh of of kill wine right is that is that right yeah, yeah. Kill wine. um i where i was like okay like you know i he like i think there especially early on where i was I'm, I'm a little worried about his distribution or whatever especially on the side of a of a back three um but you know i yeah there there were moments where he was aggressive and 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 so i mean i could see that being fine over the over the long course Similar to Josh, um, I won't talk about Alex Dixon, but I, I feel like I really like Rivera. I, I think he's a, he has a lot of talent and energy, and has a has a ceiling, a higher ceiling than what he's at right now. But at the beginning, it just felt like he just didn't know what he was doing, and he was just erratically running around, and you know. I don't know, it, it, not being in the midfield when he should have been and then being in the midfield when he should have been back further and and losing possession or not winning a challenge when he really needed to win a challenge. And, um, so I'm not writing Revere off by any means. I think like I'm, I'm still really looking forward to watching him throughout the season, and I think he's, he'll be an important player for us through the stretch. But, um, yeah, I think and, – and, I mean, this is probably an unfair comparison because Dover is, is so well-established and such a good player. Um, but – Especially in, in you know in the mirrored version, looking across at, at Jordan Dover, um, yeah, it was that. I think that's something that that needs to be improved on. You mentioned Preston Kilwine. He was sort of my standout of the three center backs. Did you guys see anything from those three center backs? We coming into this game, we obviously had questions about the depth at defense. We thought offensively we'll be okay, and defensively we're just not sure. Did you guys see anything in this game that made you think, I think we'll be okay? Like, even though this game was a little bit rough, like, I think we'll be okay? Or did watching this game give you new doubts that you didn't have prior to this game? 
Um, more so okay, oddly enough, because I feel like one, it wasn't like a high pace, like them scoring on us from run of play constantly game. Like it was literally a PK and a fluke of an accident that shouldn't have happened in it. That gave me a little bit of pause, but that, that, that's something you can fix. That's like an obvious error. It's not like, Oh, this system's not working. It was right. just like, uh, oh, you guys need to like work on this a little bit and you'll be fine. Um, so the fact that only one goal came from run of play, I'm not as worried. It wasn't like they ran through us the whole time. Yeah. Kev, how I, do you it, feel? Yeah. I mean, it's particularly frustrating when you, I guess, compare our defenders against friggin' Forrest Lasso. Um, especially like the way they were just talking about him the entire time. And look, I'll be, he had a good game. Like, I'm not trying, like, you know, he, he's, he, you know, he takes a lot of command back there. I think that honestly, I mean, somewhat similar to Josh, I'm not really worried about like the technical abilities or the, the physical attributes of our center backs. I think they're all good enough to, to make the cut. I think the biggest thing I'm slightly worried about is maybe a bit of a gap in leadership back there. I mean, I, it's one game. Um, and, you know, in a, in a like newly formed squad, in a newly formed back line, this this was the hardest test you could probably have as your first game um, uh, away from home against a really good team. So, you know, it's that's that's hard. It's a hard. It's a high bar to meet, and it's hard expectations. I get that, um, but I think you know, with things like communication errors, to me, that's indicative of maybe a little bit of no one taking a, a leadership role or a responsibility to to continuously, you know, talk, talk your players through the, through the game or, um, and so, yeah, I'll be curious to see kind of how that evolves and hopefully a leader kind of emerges back there. Cause right now I don't know if, if there is one. So heading into, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but if you're looking at this lineup and you're Lily, do you say against Hartford, you give this another shot, you do another five, two, three, or did you guys see enough that you're like, nah, like we should try something else because this just isn't going to work. You just, you just hate five at the back. I know you do. No, I don't. I feel no, like you're always talking against it. And like everyone in the, in the last podcast before the first game of the season, they were like, yeah, he plays back three. Like he's going to play back three. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I don't have a problem with it. My, my concern was, it felt, and we talked about this a little bit last season, it felt like you had two different teams. It felt like you had the five at the back, you had the three up front who were trying to hold a high line, and then you got Danny and Kenny in the middle trying to cover all of the ground. And that's where Tampa was just picking us apart because they could just run the field there and they're lining up shots and causing the back five to scramble. So, like... My, my argument would be... The the system or the shape isn't necessarily wrong. We just need to play it better. And to me, that's Dover and Rivera having to be a, a bit more tactically switched on to know when they need to step up in the midfield and know when so they that need it's, to. So that back. it's more of a 3-4-3 three, three instead of a 5-2-3. In moments. And when it needs yeah. to become a 5-2-3, then it's a 5-2-3. Yes. Yeah, I would say that we played more in the 5-2-3 in this game than we yeah. probably should have. Yeah. Um, if it would have been more of a three four three, then we would have had a better shot of running the midfield. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to see them do this again. I want to. I want to like. Okay. Let's give them another run. I like you know, 
proved to me that this was just the hardest first game you could have. And then, you know, and show me an improvement and, and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I mean, we were all complaining that we didn't get to see any preseason games. So, I mean, we just got to watch a preseason game. uh, (laughs) Uh, So that's cool. That uh, that counts for points, and you know when you say live television, you mean something like yes. this, which <laughs> the red you know, screen of death, the red screen of death, followed by the ESPN Plus. Thank you for your patience. So to, to, um, to be honest, quickly about that that stuff. I mean, I said this was the most excited I've been for like a season, and I was really looking forward to watching this game. That just it killed it. It, right. it, it, it absolutely killed it, and I just forgot about how it's like decent production value and. And this would be a whole nother story. And it just, it really made me nostalgic about the days of like a higher camera angle at Highmark and having, you know, the likes of, of Gene, uh, you know, on the commentary. And my gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we, we better get our announcers back. I went Becca with Gene, Paul. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, come on. Make it happen, Hounds. I hope you're, I hope you're uh, actually going to get those guys back. I was going to say, I don't think I've talked to Matt yet to ask him if he's actually like, officially going to be back yet. We should probably reach out and see. No word so far, as far as he knows. Uh, so. Oh, well, that's not positive. No, it's not. So mm-hmm. Great. Uh, yeah, the announcers were awful. If I, you know, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought we were playing Phoenix this game for how much they were talking about the next game is going to be Tampa <laughs> versus Phoenix. <laughs> So that was definitely one downside was just like, I wanted to just take a pencil to my eardrums as they were talking. But um, that was one other downside, something unrelated to the game that like the game confirmed is pretty much, I guess we didn't get new kits this year, like, wow. which is a little bit disheartening. Like I get it. I'm okay. With it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it too. Yeah. Like I wasn't like thinking we would probably like, I wasn't getting my hopes up about it. So I was like, yeah, whatever. And it's honestly, I'm just glad we're having a season. Like it's really hard to have expectations super high right now, as far as like the season and like what like product they're going to get out, like out the door for fans to buy. Like, I'm just like, cool. You guys showed up and you you opened up the front office and you, you have a gift store still. I'm glad we're here. I mean, I, I agree with that on a lot of levels, but at the same time, like when you look around the rest of the league and not only are people doing new kits, they're doing like commercials, like advertising for their sponsors. And, um, you know, they're still doing like major kit reveals with like high production value and things like that. And it's just kind of like, what do we want to be? Do do we want to be that team that like people look at, or are we just kind of like we're happy, we're the hounds, and we're happy to be here? Like it's. While I don't disagree with you, I think that there's always a, an opportunity to to be more aggressive and like you know outreach and marketing for sure. Um, I think we we I I need to constantly remind myself that like there's a stadium expansion in the pipeline that's supposedly going to happen. Um, this training complex is not cheap. You know that, and that's going to be a pretty nice. Wait, but hold on, one other thing: Do we know, like, who funds the kit redesigns? Like, I have to imagine, in some regard, we have a contract with Adidas. So, like, isn't it's Adidas the one that's designing them and then making money off the jersey sales? We're paying them to do the redesign. Like, I don't think I think it still comes from. We have to pay for the redesign. 
yeah. like for the new design. I don't I don't think it's a situation where it's like they pump it out, you know, every year and that's that's part of the contract. I mean, I would just assume that and you know, obviously this the way that it works in Europe is that you have the different companies bid on the team to get the rights to the jersey because they then make money off of the jersey sales. So I would assume that if we sign a contract with Adidas for whatever it is, 3 years, that it's in Adidas's best interest to come up with a new kit to try to sell new kits to the people who bought kits last year. So like, why wouldn't they do it? But maybe that's not how it works in the USL. Maybe it's completely different. Yeah. I don't know. It could also be more blanket uh, towards the whole league instead of just one team. Like it, may, it might be a situation where it's like, oh, we're going to come out with seven new kits every year. What seven teams get the new kits? And it's probably going to be the ones that have more people buying kits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, it might have been like they looked at last season and were like, well, how many kits did they sell? All right, well, let's just get, let's just let them hold on to the ones that we gave yeah. them last year to try to sell this year. Well, I think that's the best. It's like I still like our kits. Like, like they're, <laughs> yeah, they're not atrocious. Listen, I don't. I, I'm not opposed to our kits at all. I was wearing the kit that Kenny designed during the game, and you know you know, superstitious me thinks that's probably why we lost. But like <laughs> there, there's something to, as a fan, if you want to raise the bar, there's a number of areas where you can get people excited before the season starts. Obviously we can't get into preseason games. So you have the kit reveal, you have the announcement of new players and that's what gets everybody pumped up. And then the season starts and we just, we were missing one of those big pieces. Um, and that's just, that's where it was at. So I mean, we're still in preseason mode. Let's let let's let the team get into actually starting the season mode, and then let's let's worry about getting people pumped. Listen, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're we're zero for three at this point in terms of points. Liz had predicted we got six points out of these first five, so we're right on track. So uh, profit, Liz. I can't remember what she called specifically for this game, but. I also it wasn't a win. I know that said, much. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, maybe if she said three nothing, like I'm gonna have to go back and, and watch that episode. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else to say about this one? Like, I, there's no I, no reason to panic. I think no. a lot of people, as soon as it happened, they were like, "That's it. There goes our season." And I don't think any of us were really thinking there goes. It's one game. Um, you would have loved to see a little bit more after the preseason. We had a lot of people wanted to point to the fact that I think in 2019, we lost our first game to Tampa to nothing. And then we went on a tear and ended up winning the East and all of that. I don't like think that, you know, this three, nothing loss is indicative of like, we're going to win the East this year. We might, but look at this straight. Kenny's kit might be the reason why we lost this game because you wore Kenny's kit. <laughs> but people who think, oh, we did lose to Tampa Bay two years ago, that's far-fetched. I am allowed to be superstitious. <laughs> Other people are not, Josh. My superstitions okay. are okay. valid. Theirs are not. That's... I'm just making sure I understood where the where the bar was there. For, you, you understood know, correctly, predicts. my friend. Yes, <laughs> a win exactly a correct. All right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, Anything else to say about this game? I mean, I feel like, again, we learned a little something about some of these players, but like some of them, you know, how much do you really know after the 20 minutes that we got to see them? And it was a tough game. So like, I think we get three, four games in and if we're doing the same thing and we still look as chaotic, then we start to go, okay, time for some changes. But I think the fact that Lily made sort of a wholesale lineup change sort of shows he knows what was wrong and he was trying to address it. He just didn't do it until the 
65th minute or whatever it was. So I, I'm not panicking. I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about as it relates to this one? I mean, if we're seeing this when we play like Loudon or something like that and the same situation's happening, I'm then I am going to panic. But against Tampa, the first game of the season, I'm not like this is not indicative of the season. Uh, I don't think it needs to be indicative of the season we're about ready to have. So, yeah. yeah. Who, uh, real quick, and then I want to, we'll, we'll get on to the next one. Who would you say is your man of the match? And for those who are watching live, let us know who your man of the match was uh, in the comments. We'll put them up on the screen. Josh, I'll let you go first. I mean, it kind of has to be Vidiello, right? Like, I, I don't know anyone else was you know, asked to do as much as he was, especially that second half. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think there's a great answer to this one. This game wasn't exactly a uh, showstopper for anyone, but it was kind of cool to see him uh, stop that fourth goal from happening uh, yeah. at the very end there, one on one with uh, the forward. So yeah, once Kev? again, though, on the um, like for the production value, even for when he stopped that one on one, like I just. It was just like close up on the yes. on, on the on the rowdies <laughs> guy, and then you just see Vitiello popping in the screen. Like it would have been not like like to me. My my initial reaction was like like the the rowdies player like messed it up. Like it, it was yeah. like. But yeah. if I if I saw more of the field and saw like Vitiello timed it right, he came out at the right time, closed down the space, and then made it, you know made it hard. I might have a different opinion. But from what I saw, it was just like the dude looked like he had a bad shit. And Vitiello got a hand <laughs> on it, and, that, and that's what it was. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. It's I'm, I'm looking at the stats now. You know, the Rowdies get six shots on target. Three of them go in. I I didn't think Vitiello had a particularly great game. I don't think anyone had particularly had a great game. Um, I really don't want to give a man a match to anyone on on our end. Who, who um, was the, who was the best of the worst, Kev? Come on, after your like second, third. I mean, look, if we're, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> You know, the a Riverhounds player at one time, Stephen DeSantos, had the best game. Uh, oh, no. I knew you were going to your way out of this somehow. Look, he he was the <laughs> look. DeSantos was clearly the best player in. Well, maybe uh, anyway. For our for our team, I don't want to say anyone. I th there were, there were moments where I thought Williamson looked looked positive, but that was pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, that's fair, Williamson. I I, I could also see that. I was going to say Vidiello. I know, Kev, that you said, what, seven shots? Three of them went in. When one, of, when one of those is a PK and one of those is because the defender collides with the keeper, like, okay. Like, I get it. Um, I, I, I'll i say that the one... Yeah, but one, he's, saving, he's saving three shots and one of them was a bad chip. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say the one player that I'm most excited to see more of at this point is Todd Wharton. Um, even though we only saw him for 20 minutes, I think that... He he's was. Not, he's not your hounds man of the match. I, who else am I going to pick? We just said like, <laughs> who else are we going to pick? Like, I feel like, you know, he was the one that when I was thinking we have a big problem because we have nobody locking it down in front of our defense, he showed up and started locking it down in front of our defense. So like, thanks, man. So like, I guess that's I guess that's my guy. So for those listening, you know, players. Um, if you're, you know, bum hurt about that, you know, give us a reason to pick you this weekend. So now I really Sorry, hope guys. Todd Wharton. I'm, I hope Todd Wharton 
never plays another game and then i'll buy you a wharton jersey like you bought me a forest jersey <laughs> hold on no wait a second that's a Can't little bit different because... i know i know i know i mean you know mark forrest created the greatest moment in hounds you know past three years so look adam marks agrees with me wharton changed the tone of the game when he came on if he starts next week we dominate the midfield battle so there you go see i'm not talking that's nonsense. disgraceful adam. thank you adam <laughs> appreciate it you called him up for having a comment on earlier <laughs> easy come easy I, go. And i disagree I <laughs> uh, um yeah i lost my train of thought so yeah so that's that's sort of where we're at on this one guys obviously this weekend uh we continue on the road we travel to hartford um i think 7 p.m game on saturday Hartford are currently 2-0-0. They beat New York Red Bulls 2-0. Or New York Red Bulls 2, 2-0. And they beat Miami 1-0 this past weekend. So, you know, my question from you is, and we sort of touched on this a little bit, what do you hope to see in this? Is it more of the same and we just sort of see if it works better against Hartford than it did against Tampa? Or are you hoping for, like, you know, at least a, a, a personnel shift or a formation shift a la Todd Wharton at holding mid. Like, what, what are you what are you hoping for here? I don't think it's a good sign if completely throw out all tactics that we use this game and like start it over again. Like, if you're if you're jumping ship after one game, that's a bad sign. Like that that would make me more worried than seeing the same, basically the same lineup. Maybe some switches here or there, but like I don't want to see like a completely new game plan for this game. Uh, I mean, obviously, unless the the way that Hartford set up differently than Tampa calls for that, like there's there's stuff I know that goes on in Bob's head that I don't understand, but he he gets. So like I could see some changes, but I hope it doesn't look like we completely like scrapped our game plan because of this one game, because that shows no confidence in the guys, no confidence in the coaching, and so it's like that would scare me a lot more. That's all I'm saying. So let's let's keep it more simple then. If you could make one change, what would it be? Or would you make no changes? So those are your options. One change, so like swapping one player for another player, or no changes at all. Kev, what are you doing? I I, I wouldn't make any changes. Um, maybe swap out Dixon, but I no, I, I don't think I'd make any changes. Um, I think similar to what Josh is saying, I, I think I just I, I want to see this, but just played better. I, I want to see the wingbacks get more involved. I want to see a better transition from defense to attack. I want to see more leadership and communication on the back line. And I, and I, I would expect all those things to happen with more games. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing the same lineup again against Hartford. But, you know, yeah, Hartford going to be a tough game. Yeah. Kev, let me. You seem to be dancing around this, and and so I want to ask you: Do you think that this game, just going back to Tampa for a second, do you think this was a game that we beat ourselves, or did Tampa beat us? Uh, both. Um, I, I think, I, I think Tampa played pretty well, um, especially for how early it is in the season, um, and I think simultaneously we didn't play well, so. It, it wasn't like we played well, they played well, they edged us. Um, yeah, Tampa played well, we didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a situation where Tampa 
beat us, but we didn't do ourselves any favors. You know what I mean? Like it's it's definitely Tampa was the a better team and they they played well and that's why they won. But those errors at the end, like that third goal, that's all us. Like that's not Tampa. That's that's us playing ourselves. We 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 could have played better and still not deserve to win the game. Fair. Like I think that was that that was how big the gap was between us. I, it, it just sounded like a lot of what you were saying came down to execution. So if we get, you know, Rivera and Dover to pinch up more, do we actually think that's going to make enough of an impact that we would have a shot at winning that game? And it sounds like that may not have even been it because Tampa was just that good on the day. So, yeah. So hopefully that does make the difference. I think if it's me, I think I might make one change going into this game. I think, yeah, you know, my love fest for Todd Wharton is real. So I would say put Todd in and maybe you take Dixon out. And so you end up going with more of a, you know, five, two, one, two, something like that. Let Griffin be the attacking guy and, and have Kenny sort of be the holding one next to Todd and, uh, and then see what, you know, Danny can do with two attacking forwards. Um, in this case, what it would be Williamson and Cicerone. But again, I, I I think I liked what I saw from Williamson, but like I still don't know who Cicerone is. Like I just I didn't see enough to be like, oh, that's same thing with Josh Gatt, same thing with any of the other forwards. I just didn't feel like they touched the ball enough to really get a sense of what they're about. So um, yeah. I I feel like we might actually see that happen. The the forward changes like that's kind of Bob's mo anyway. Like hey, we're gonna try this pairing this game. We're gonna try this pairing this game. So yeah. I could definitely see if there's much tinkering that's going to happen, it's going to be with the forwards. Heck, we got enough of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of options. So uh, I could definitely see the forwards being tinkered with a little bit. I think that's the one other thing that makes me nervous, though, is that, like, it feels like this back line, like, this is our back line. Like, we're sort of, I don't say stuck with them, but, like, there ain't, there, there's no tinkering. So hopefully we got it right and they just need to gel and, like, then they're going to be, you know, locked lock tight. But... Yeah, Williams scares me. I mean, that's the one thing I'm like, I don't know about Williams right now. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's a lot of this is because of the screw up in the back at, up right. for the third goal. Like, that is weighting uh, weighing my opinion of him heavily. So, for sure, but for it's sure. one screw up. So, I think you know, I can't remember. <laughs> I conveniently can't remember uh, how many points the three of us said that we would have after these first five games. So we can't use that to sort of weigh. I our predictions in this game. Um, thanks, Kev. Uh, so, so Kev, you're basically of the of, of the thought that you know if we lose against Hartford, then you're still not in panic mode yet because we got three other games to pick up seven points and we'll be all right. I it's it. <laughs> I need to stop myself from going on a rant here. I, I I think if anyone is in panic mode after two games, it's just like, what are you in this for? Like, yes. why? why? Like, why are you doing this? I like teed this up for you because I knew this would set you off. So go ahead. You can, you can do the spiel. <laughs> no, uh, that, but that's, that's really it. And, and honestly, uh, no, <laughs> the smallest thing I'll say is, is like people who say panic stations after two games, like not the sole reason, but part of the con contribution reason of why like things like super leagues are forming. And I know that's a huge <laughs> jump. Wow. It's, wow. It's, 
It's this idea. Panic rooms in the USL Championship lead I directly to Super League. This is Kevin's hot take. It's this and idea. Global Hunger. I'm just going to throw it out there too. Global <laughs> Hunger as well. I mean, I mean, I know it's harsh to say this, but it's yeah, someone has to say it. You know, you know. What? <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> it's true. No, I, I mean, yeah, it's th- this idea that like winning is everything. And if, if you're not constantly winning, sack the manager, get buy, buy more players. I don't care what it costs, whatever. That's how much we prioritize winning. And, and that's how much we prioritize, you know, all of that. And, and so, no, it's not panic stations. It, you know, it's, I, I just, I want to see, especially early on. I mean, look, I, early on, I want to see results. Let's, let's be honest. But at a minimum, I want to see a progression and yeah a more cohesive system, um, especially from what we saw against Tampa. I will say, I feel like the pieces are there. Like, I think that what we did I think see so too, yeah. is that there's a lot of talent on this team. And so just getting the pieces in the right spot where they need to be, this could be the most talented Hounds team that we've had since I've started following them. It's just a matter yeah. of, can they become better than, you know, the sum of the pieces um, or no, I didn't say that right, but you know what I mean? Um, you Picking know, can they, yeah, yeah. Can they, can they collectively be bigger than what they are individually? Cause what they are individually is pretty good. So um, yeah, I, I, I want to see progression of this. Like I want to see us getting better. I, I, there's no panic happening there. And I don't even think I can really say panic after three games four games like it, it's it's there's a lot of season so it's hard to be in full on panic but i would be in panic mode after five games if i didn't see any progression of them getting uh it figured out uh and so to on this weekend's game i want to see them looking like they learned something from the last game uh and i'll be very disappointed if they lose i think they possibly could though uh based off this last performance it's not out of the question but i do think it's not like a foregone conclusion. I don't, I don't feel hopeless about this game. So it sounds like all three of us are saying what we, what we hope for more in this game is that they pass the eye test of like looking better than this past game. So with that in mind, is it even worth us doing predictions? Cause if they lose and still pass the eye test, then we're like, okay, like we're, we're on the right track. Is that right? Are they going to have a blunder goal? Are they going to have a goal against us that is just because our team clicks off and does some silly mistake again? I'm going to say no. <laughs> that's that's what we're predicting. That's what I'm like, predicting. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to embarrass ourselves? Are we going, are we going to embarrass ourselves? <laughs> I would tend to say no as well. I, I I'm willing to bet that Lily wasn't too happy with that, and uh, Lily has a press conference tomorrow that I might attend and ask him that. Like, so what did you say to the guys after the game, Coach? <laughs> Uh, which might result in a really fun sound clip. But uh, yeah, I I think I'd agree with that. I think if we come, I I would not be surprised. Well, maybe I would. I'd say I would not be surprised if this game was a nil-nil. Like Lily's like, lock it up. Like, let's go out, let's fix the mistakes and lock it up. Um, Just don't screw it. I mean, that's a terrible way to play. Don't screw up. But like, you got to set that baseline. Yeah, again. yeah. I hope not. Like, I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see us just become scared. Like, I don't want to play from a place of fear. I don't want to see the team playing like that. So yeah. I, I hope that's not what happens. But I could definitely see it being more of a back to basics. Like, 
Let's see those triangle passes. Let's see completed passes. Let's see good defense. And, uh, yeah, everyone playing to to keep the goal uh, out or keep the ball out of the goal on our side. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, since we're not doing formal predictions, we're going to do something else. At the end of the game, there was a video of Lily giving Dos Santos a hug and whispering something into his ear. What did Lily say to Dos Santos? <laughs> Kevin, what did Lily say to Dos Santos? Give us, give us your best guess. Um, uh, 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 I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> that was a dive, uh, and you know it. That's yeah, what he said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was gonna be. Where was that last season? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Stab. <laughs> and then it was like, "I love you, guy. You should come back." <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, sorry that we're not, you know, leaving you with uh, with an actual prediction. But I think that, you know, what we said is 100% true. I think if you're panicking at this point, you shouldn't be panicking. And and watch the game. Like, like see if it passes. the. If we lose 1-0, 2-0, but the team looks really good, like, that's reason for hope. So let's let's take that and build from that. But let us know. Let us know what you think. You know, are we right? Are we wrong? Are we, you know, just talking to talk let us know um otherwise guys anything else for this one got nothing nothing can't wait for Um, the first game of the season to start next week yep that's right (laughs) exactly all right well thank you everybody for listening um you know obviously we appreciate thank you for those who hung out live with us and supplied us with a whole bunch of comments and fun reading if it didn't make it on air we apologize but uh, we are reading all of the comments that come through Um, You guys are awesome, so keep it up. For those who haven't watched us live, make sure you check us out on YouTube every Monday night starting at 7.30 p.m. We will be here talking about the week's previous game and the upcoming game, and uh, we'll go from there. Make sure you head over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Jeez, I'm stumbling already. It's your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter, obviously. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for youth club, Sunday league, squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to bgn.fm, where we've now got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Go check them out at bgn.fm. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. See you. Later.